You are now listening to the Dream Loud Podcast. Join us as we explore the significance of following your dreams. We hope you'll enjoy the ride. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Dream Loud Podcast. I am your host, Benjamin Hall, and I am so glad that you've decided to listen in and join the conversation today. This episode will be the continuation of the Q&A session, which we started last episode. So if you haven't heard the beginning of that, please go back and listen to episode two to catch you up to speed. But without any further hesitation, here is the continuation of the Q&A. So Ben Christophic. Okay. Hey Ben, how's it going? What's up, Ben? Another Ben. Another Ben. Ben squared. (laughs) Uh, He (laughs) wants. I think I'm solely going to take this, guys, because he wants a pros guide to facial hair. And if anybody's got, I think my I think my wife should answer that one. (laughs) Say I'm out on that one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go, and you guys can add whatever you want. He's got good facial hair. I'm working on it. He's working on it. You got the chin. It's better than mine. (laughs) <laughs> Good thing well, this I mean, isn't video. I, I'll just say this: I've been told that I don't have what it takes, and now look, look at me now, look at me now, Dad. You know what? <laughs> That's a joke. I'm joking. Well, well, you know I'm what? I do, I do remember you from like even a few years ago, and you did you cannot grow that facial hair. That I'm you have 34, now. and I can't grow facial hair. <laughs> yeah, but you can have a baby face your whole life, and we can't. Yeah. Although, okay, guys, so I have heard that. The more able you are to grow a fantastic beard, the more likely you are to go bald early. So, oh no, there's that to consider. So it's not all, it's not all the greatest thing to be able to grow an awesome beard. So I don't know, man. It lo- it looks great though. Well, thank you. And then you. you had like the mustache, and you had the wax on it too with everything. Like whenever you, whenever yeah, you like put yeah the handlebar. Uh, but no, like with me, like I mean, I got the goatee going, which is fine, you know. But like just want like a little bit you know like whenever <laughs> whenever i go maybe like a week or two without and i know this is horrible visual because we're this is audio but like i grow sweet mutton chops yeah. like i love my mutton, but like i just think it looks like you like man it, if you were like, if you were only a confederate general in the civil war man you would i reckon right i reckon i the say guy from royal bloods last night had sweet mutton his chops, was good you're right and Might. i said to dan you could grow those Oh, he does have mutton chops. He I'm does have. Did right you now. just Google him? He has no, I mean, sweet mutton chops. I, I, look at them. We're listening to Royal Blood Radio. Yeah. So it's the drummer. Oh, okay. So he showed up. No, the the bassist guy has yeah, the bass sweet. Is, oh, him yeah. too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He came out. Yeah, the drummer was clean shaven last night. He had a bolo tie on. He was like rocking yeah. the 70s, man. Oh, it was, oh, they were so good. Wow. But Queens was awesome too, though. All right, Jake. It was a good show. I'm uh, sorry, Jake. Thank you, Jake. Uh, ben. Ben, this is oh, what. Thank you, Ben. Sorry. Ben, this is what you need to do. I'm going to give you the rundown real quick. <laughs> all right. So it all starts with, uh, I'm going to say hair trimmers. Like you want a specific pair of, go out and buy a pair of beard trimmers. And they don't have to be expensive, but only use them on your hair. Don't cut anything else with them because they'll give you split ends. This is a skill to learn because otherwise you're going to go and just pay for your barber. Like you can do this too. You can go pay for your barber to take care of your facial hair if they do that kind of a thing. But it's a good skill to learn how to do it yourself. I think it's good practice. I don't do this every day, but you want to be trimming your beard hair almost every day, either before you get into the shower or after you get out of the shower, just to keep everything at a relative length and to keep it um, very even. 
Uh, so that's the first thing. The other thing I would recommend is getting a boar bristle brush. And this is actually the first thing you're going to do every morning whenever you wake up is you're going to take the brush and just, you can comb against the grain, but this is going to train your hairs the way that they're going to go. So you move this <laughs> along your beard and you only want to do this one time in the day. It feels really good. It's almost like a massaging type of thing, but you don't want to overdo it because it can uh, not help with the growth of Should you have a beard comb? Yes, you should. Uh, so that's the next thing. Uh, go invest in a beard comb. It doesn't have to be expensive either. I have an expensive one and I also have a cheap one that I bought for the road. So before I get, I guess before I get into that, definitely wash your beard every day. Like there was that article that came out that your beard was like more gross than like, what was that article that came out? It, it said something Is about there being seat? lots it's of... It's dirtier yeah. than a dog's poop, mouth or something like that. particles in your beard. Yeah. Poop. Listen, first of all, listen, not, right. not true at all. Like... Um, at least it's not true at all if you wash your beard every day. And there are specific soaps you can use, but you can use you can use shampoo. Like just wash your beard every day. But after you wash it, like those soaps really dry out your hair. So I would suggest buying some beard oil. And what you're gonna do is and buy the most natural stuff you can because that's around your mouth and. You, you don't want to be like eating stuff best. that's not natural. This is the most unbelievable thing I ever heard. <laughs> well, he wanted the pros guide. So, um, this is like better than the pros. Like after the... you take a shower and you wash your beard, get out, dry, kind of blot dry your beard. Um, you don't want it completely dry because it's easier to put the beard oil in, but put a little beard oil, like <laughs> pea sized amount in your hand. I love it. Uh, work it through your beard with your hands. And then that's what the comb is for. You. Like comb all that out, and that's what helps give separation to all this individual beard hairs. Um, wow! There are other things you can get too. You can get like mustache wax, and like they call it beard butter, and really it's kind of like a conditioner, like you would use for your hair, just to make it stay in a specific position. I don't really use that too much, um, but really all you need, the main things you need are the uh, the beard hair trimmer. The oil, I use the oil every day, and um, a brush. So those three things, and you're set to go. And there are instructional videos on YouTube if you need to know anything more. Thanks for the question, though, man. We, and we went through this entire podcast, and I think that's this is the best thing on that entire podcast. <laughs> yeah. like, that was brilliant. Like I can't, I can't grow a beard, but yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna show Ben Tim's beard because our friend Tim goes to a beard salon. Oh, he does. Yes. And that's the before and after. Okay, I'm yeah, gonna. It's, it's gorgeous. He's got a beautiful beard. He does have a really nice beard. <laughs> <laughs> to get to that length, though, I've I've been keeping my beard pretty pretty short in recent days. Man, to ke to get at that level, though, like, okay, here's another here's another thing to keep in mind too when you're growing your beard, like, you you can't really tell what your beard's gonna look like until you let it grow for about three months. Because the way the way that your hair curls, it will change as your hair gets longer. So, at, if you decide to grow, if you decide to grow in a beard, like you have to wait at least three months before to trim it all off. So, get a, give it at least those three months before you do anything to it. Okay. 
Here's my oh. beard expertise. So my dad has a pretty epic beard. Okay. Does, but yeah. when it grows out, it is white now. So he looks like Santa Claus. But it also has this weird curl where it goes forward. Oh. Yeah. Like yeah. But he doesn't really like oil it and do all those fancy things you were talking about. So I think he needs to listen to yeah. this part of the podcast. I think so too. I mean, so that he can grow it out because it was down to here and honestly, my mom was like, you need to cut that. Honestly, it's not the exact same thing because your beard hair tends to be way thicker than head hair. But it's the same thing as a girl. Like, think about, would you would you go like months without washing your hair properly oh, yeah like no. what would happen what would happen to <laughs> long course. hair you would get your split- dude i would look like kurt cobain yeah like the split yeah. ends would get insane yeah right it's and it the would same be thing oily and gross right yeah. so you need to do the same thing with your beard hair that was awesome that was wonderful <laughs> that was ben good job at asking a question that doesn't relate to music what we were talking about earlier, all of us. Yes. Talk yeah. about other things. I am. I am awesome. enjoying. I enjoyed that. I was joking. Every other question everyone else asked. All right. Oh, yeah. We've Pumped. okay. So up next is the question of questions. <laughs> oh yes. This is from Gavin Ferris. Thanks, Gavin. Appreciate this, man. It's been a long time since I've talked to you, man. Love, but Gavin. thank you for the question. Much, we this all is loved a great your question. question. It's a great question. I Googled and watched I every we, video I could. I think I we all looked it up. This, before. this is like, okay, if um, if The Meaning of Life by Mont- Monty Python <laughs> had not been titled that, it would have been titled, titled with it. this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So Gavin's question is... This has nothing to do with any of the topics discussed thus far. This is awesome. But it has haunted me for years. Okay, so when you buy hot dog buns, the kind that are pre-sliced from the side, they come in a pack of eight that consists of two rows of four. All four buns in a row are connected to each other. So how do they slice the two in the middle of the row? (laughs) That's the that's the best question. I love it. Gavin, first of all, let me just say that how have I gone this long in my life not thought about this question yeah. and just bought the hot dog buns and been mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm hungry for hot dogs. You right. just eat yeah. them. Yeah. And you yeah. just assume that like they grow on a tree this way. Well, I think like my the hot dog tree. Well, I think like my biggest question, um, my biggest question in all this is um, why do you get 10 hot dogs and only eight hot dog buns? But I think like to get this kind of question, this is next level. I mean like this kind of question is a, it, it's next level. Like here I am like on this, like just you know small, like, oh man, why you only, well, apparently, you know, they sell ones with like eight, you know, eight hot dogs now. But I just, I just think this, this whole entire question is next level. Uh, it blew my mind, and I think everybody had to look it up. I also looked it up. I looked yeah. up an answer. Um, I'm going to give an answer. I don't know if it's right. Um, I got it on the internet. You know how. Dan, before you get into that, yeah. can, can I take a guess on why this might be? Yes. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm just thinking out loud here. Um, dreaming out loud. Dreaming out I loud. I like it. And About hot dog buns. Yeah. So they must, like, they have to cut them before they cook them. Is the only is the only thing that I can think of. But how would you cook you mean it? The, and, the buns, right? right? Okay. But how would you? But then it would grow back together. Right. Though. How would you cook it and not have them come back together? I don't. But know. then they would. I don't know. I I googled that was it my best and guess. I. Uh, it's not really a guess. I was, was watching how it's made, and then it ended up just turning into bread. So, and I didn't feel like <laughs> reading. I wanted to watch it because I'm very visual. So I wanted to see how it happened. Do we have hot dog buns here? 
No, we have hamburger we buns. Have so hamburger. as soon is as it, he posted that, that, yeah, they're they are, are also they the pre sliced. They're so all have, smooshed together. But we don't have hot dogs. But buns I had here. already opened them. Come so, on. so as soon as he posted that, I came out to the kitchen and I was like, ah, oh, I only have three buns. So you ruined the whole question. I so I couldn't like even could've... look and like right. be sciencey about it. So right. my idea, and I thought about this, but I think it's wrong. Should I want the middle ones? Maybe they slice it from the side, but there isn't a hole in the side, right? Well, so it goes the whole way around. The so maybe they have like a special saw. Because I was watching how they sliced bread on this How It's Made you thing. You saw this? I, was wa- I told you I watched several things, okay. and it only showed me about slicing bread. And I learned that every two weeks they change the saw blades that they cut the thing in. So I do know that. Okay. But that was about <laughs> loaves of bread. So, so you you Googled the answer. You got it on Reddit. I hope it's right. right? I don't know if it's right or not. Um, well, we'll find out. Everything you hear on the internet's right. Okay. Tell right. us, Dan. Tell us yes. the answer. Tell us we the are... meaning of life. I hope this is the answer, but I'm going to give it my best shot. If you pay close attention when pulling the buns out, you'll see that in each group of four, there are two on the left facing each other and two on the right facing each other, with the two in the middle back-to-back or hinge-to-hinge. So what they do is they slide a slicing wheel down from the end of the bun between the two buns that are facing each other so as to slice far enough to create the slit, but not far enough to cut the way through, all the way through or into the next bun. Uh, I would like to see that visually. I feel like it would be visually satisfying. Yeah. Visu- visually, it's kind of hard for me to wrap my mind around that. Can we put a video into this podcast? I would, can't do that? Well, we I would, would love have to, to find the video. I was looking for one, and I just learned how to slice bread. Okay. So Here, when we get we'll, TV, we'll, we'll put... A, listen, we'll link a video if we can find yeah. one. Yeah. So we'll when, video whenever this. we get our TV deal, or we'll link a video, we'll 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 sub in. Lee, you can do that. You you hot can dog edit it. Can sponsor us too. Yeah, yeah. we'll have a hot dog company yes. sponsor, yes. and we'll it, yeah, we can edit the video of <laughs> cutting the hot dog bun <laughs> into the into the podcast, which would be the video podcast. At that I time. agree. We should have like a mythical video about how to find out things that become myths. How has <laughs> this been done? The hot dog myth. Oh, that's man. a great question. It seems like we've answered that question. At least, <laughs> so, yeah. Gavin, please re- reply to this. Um, I hope this and, is right. Yeah. And if this didn't answer your question yet, ask it again and we'll get to it next week. Blame the internet. We're going to move on, though. Uh, we got two more questions. So this next one is from Nathan Gower. So we have to talk about Nathan a little Thank bit. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, before we get into the question, so Nathan was the singer of the first band I was ever in. Oh, that's awesome. Back in, hi- back in high school. And this was that story yeah. that you're talking about, where we um, we had only had one original song. At, so what happened was, I used to be in a band called Legal Limit. Okay. And it was a, it was a cover band, and then we decided to play a talent show at our high school, the first one ever that they did. <laughs> yeah. And it was the first one ever. Yeah. Maybe a month. I feel like it was a month before the show. Like the band kind of broke up. Like our drummer and our one guitar player, they just decided that they don't want to do it anymore. Okay. Reality was they wanted to form their own band. Oh, but no. that was the whole, that was like how you did things back in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we still wanted to do it. And it was me, Nathan Gower was a singer, uh, Rich Kissick, our guitar player. So we didn't have a drummer anymore. So I got my cousin, Will. Yeah, from yeah. State college. He was the one who got you into. Um, yeah, Living I re- wrote about him. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, so I called him up. I'm like, dude, I need a drummer. I need a drummer for this show. And 
So he came down and we played our original song and we also did Give It Away by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> uh, but, dude, I have a lot of fun memories of Legal Limits. So. Apparently Lee does, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nate, we need to reconnect, man. It's been way too long. But anyways, that's, um, I'm going to just read his question. He says, I could ask so many questions about rig setups, bass setups. He also is a bass player. Um, preferences yeah. and reasons why but it would take ages. My question is, how do you establish habits while you live on the road? Or do you just kind of roll with it? And what habits do you have? Man, this is such a great question. And I feel like this is a very insightful question because he's obviously been on the road because you wouldn't ask this question unless you'd, you'd been on the road and done this kind of a thing. When I was thinking about this question today, I thought back to a, a book that I almost got the whole way through and I need to finish, but it's called, I think, The Seven Laws of Le Leadership by Max Licato. And in that book, he talks about how a leader will only follow another leader if their perception of that leader is they're a better leader than I am. Yeah. So like, if you have yeah. a rating scale of, like, let's say there's a leader that's at a level five, he can only lead people that are at level five or lower. Sure. If he's put in a leadership position of people that are all level sevens, they're just going to be like, I'm a seven. Yeah. Why would I follow this guy? Right. Yeah. Uh, so I think in kind of a similar way, the same thing is true of those very tight interpersonal relationships when you go on tour. Um, the thing that I've noticed, and I'm a very introspective person, as you remember, Nate, but um, the thing that I noticed is that what winds up happening is when you get in that kind of a situation on tour in that type of environment, like naturally, people are going to start to slot into these um, positions. Sure. So you have like, you have kind of the leader, you have the support people and whatnot. And like, based on how people naturally how their roles fill. I, th I think it's just human nature to kind of want to fit in with the least amount of resistance as possible. So, uh, I mean, the thing that I've noticed is that when I've gone on tours where it's just like the four of us, like I'm much more talkative. I'm much more like kind of in the middle of things, but like it kind of annoys me whenever there's a lot of people like the, the last tour that we went on, like, it wasn't too bad because everybody was really cool, but there was there was a tour I can refer to where we were touring. I mean, the the tour bus that we were in was just a converted shuttle bus that you would you would get from like an airport. So it's not a full size bus; it's like half the size of that. And we had ten people on that bus, and like four or five of the probably like four of the people I did not know personally before that tour. Right. Yeah, and so like that's hard. It was really hard, and them. like yeah. So I kind of got in this really like hands off, like I'm just going to stay in my bunk all day long. And it's just really interesting because you have, there's, this yeah, actually goes back to, this goes back to a Bible verse. There's like either be considered a fool or open your mouth and remove all doubts that you are, yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. There's a, yeah. It's a proverb yeah. about that. So that's kind of my modus operandi is where like right. I, I tend to just kind of chill out and not be spoken and less spoken to but that's also because like there's so many extroverts in the modern music industry and i feel like oh dan's not that bad i am married to the most <laughs> extroverted person ever 
It gets so peopley up in here all the time. <laughs> so I understand what you're talking about. Yes. I would be hiding in a bunk but, also. But I think, I think towards what to what's been saying is in terms of like extroverts, um, you know, I think that um, there are people telling you how good they are. And there are yeah. people telling you how I'm the best guitarist in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm the best bassist in the world. I'm the oh man, I'm such a great drummer. You got to hear me, man. I'm great. Like you want me, you want me in your band. You don't want you know. And and I think um and I think that's what ben, Ben's laying low. Yeah. And Ben's hanging low, and 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 you know what you're gonna get. Now I think um you know with that said, there has to be, and it's it's a really hard balance. There has to be an element of you know finding that balance towards. Uh, you have to self-promote at some point when you do, um, but there's a lot of people that are always uh, that are always and, and I would I would recommend like uh, as always being self-promote. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just yeah. uh, man, I'm the be- like you get like just always talk about themselves and it's just off-putting. I um yeah, Lee, you can talk about this too. You went on tour with us, yeah. so I want well, I want to hear your perspective. Up, like, I want to go with what Dan said and then the, the question. Yeah, yeah, answering too. Um, yeah, I get real uneasy when I hear people talk all about themselves. And I don't really mean like they sound selfish all the time. Sure. But I just question, are you lying? <laughs> because I feel like actions show a lot more. Like some people never talk and you would never know who they are or what they do. Yeah. And they're incredible at what they do. There's a but balance. Yeah. yeah towards- and, um, and then there's a time for self-promotion. Sure. But it's usually the action show more because I've heard people talk themselves up. I think probably when I was younger, I might have done it at times, but like, oh, you're but not, you're I don't not do that, that ever again. <laughs> but the fact is, like, I see people, and I was like, oh, I really don't want to see you fail, and then I see it, or we're gonna do this, and then they say it, and I see the skill they're talking about, and they're just horrible and never doing anything to get better at it. Right. And it's not that I don't wish well for people; it's that I think people are responsible for themselves. And like Ben saying, like that verse you said in the Bible. There's also another verse that says, "A fool." is considered wise if he keeps his mouth shut. And I think we're talking about two different personalities. Then. If we're talking well, no, about no, people, that's the same thing. Oh, it is? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I always took it like it's saying, like, well, if you don't have anything good to say and you, you don't want to sound dumb because you typically sound dumb, then keep your mouth shut and you will seem wise. Right. And uh, so what Ben's saying about, like, saying, I'm not saying you're a fool. <laughs> what you're saying about... <laughs> Well, well saying, I think. Well, my whole point was that I have the opposite personality as yeah, sure. Donald, as Donald De- Trump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just going to open his up. mouth. So, and you know, whatever you yeah, think of whatever is. you think of Donald Trump, like the one thing I have to give to him is that he's just not afraid of saying what he thinks and getting crap done. And like, yeah, he might he might look like an idiot nine times out of ten, but at least he's trying to do stuff. So that's where. That's where kind of the rubber meets the road yeah. and like a personality like me like suffers a little bit because like I might stay quiet all day long and like I look so much smarter than Donald Trump. But at the same time, I'm not trying well, as hard as he well, is. The thing I like about, about you There's a bounce. is that yeah. when yeah. you do have something to say, it's usually worthwhile. Like you don't have to be like, hey guys, look at me. You're, you're just confident with who you are. Yeah. And I like that because I think it says a lot. Well, but, thanks, Lee. Yeah, no problem, buddy. Uh, the other thing is when I was on tour, I learned some things about myself. When you get put in a spot with that many people, that cramped, even though you get to go out yeah. sometimes of the day. Just, okay, all you listeners, just imagine your kitchen <laughs> and, nine, and nine people living in that. And I I literally mean that no matter how small your kitchen is. It's like that for a month. I hope and, your kitchen's big. <laughs> and, um, 
and you learn things, yeah, about people, and it's always easier to see that. But I don't, I don't usually think that way. I see like everything. I look at myself a lot, and like, how can I be better? Help. And then Josh Sturm, who's basically one of the leaders of the whole thing, because he's a lead guitarist, and him and Lacey are like the founders of the band and everything. Yeah, awesome dude, great guy, great heart. And um, typically, people go with complaints to people, and like, there's things I needed to work on that I learned. Like I was doing my job, but I was doing it at places that weren't convenient for others. Yeah, like in the hotel room at night with the light on, and I was like, <laughs> "It's not bad that that I'm doing work. I just wasn't thinking about it." And then Josh talked to me, and he did it in such a loving manner. It's like you, it's family. What you're doing is you work together, and this and that. And like what he did helped me build. You're talking about habits. Helped me build some habits. So I apologize, and I was like, "I won't do that again." And I found times on the bus to do it. The reason why I say that is when you're on the bus and doing stuff on tour. There's never any downtime, even if it looks like downtime. And yeah. then it's easy to think when you're on the bus and you're not doing anything, well, that's okay and you can relax. I get it. There's a time to do that. Like video games is fine to do. But for like someone in my position, my job as a videographer, that's probably the best time to work on a video. Sure. So I learned to start making a habit like, okay, we're going to be driving this long. Every every few hours, every hour, I'll take a 20-minute break, get a drink, hang out, maybe talk to Ben or go up to the front of the bus, see what's going on. And then I'll get back to it. And... um the thing I regret is I could have produced a lot more videos, but it was a really good learning time, and uh, and I did really well, and I think it was the encouragement of the team. Everyone was great with me, and um, and I was a team fighter, too. I was with everyone and for them, mm-hmm. but it's that molding habits together, and yeah, seeing it from the, the fans' perspective is way different. When you're actually in it, you're like, wow, this is way different, but I loved it, and I would do it again, but there is those habits, and that's a very good question. Like, how do you become... What was the question again? The que- the main question was, how do you establish habits while you live on the road? Um, kind of centering back to that a little bit, like, it's a little bit easier for us because we have a freaking great team. Yeah. Like, they're... Probably helps. Yeah. Right. Definitely. And this might sound funny, uh, but I know I can say this because Lacey would totally agree with me, but their main focus is not music. Their yeah. main focus is, like, their ministry and who Absolutely. they are mm-hmm. and and the music yeah. kind of um the music is the vehicle of who they are and what they do pretty awesome so i mean with that being said like there aren't the temptations of like half my band wants to go out and party yeah the uh, the downsides of that are like they have kids on the road with them and and that's being family yeah so like a lot of like our off days are revolving around like can we go someplace where the kids can have fun sure so like if we didn't have that situation we we could go and do whatever we wanted but like a lot of times we're stopping in a place where like kids can have fun right so and who doesn't like that <laughs> Sweetwater for adult kids oh. right so. I mean, sometimes that means that we're going to Legoland and like the only thing else around is maybe a restaurant and like a movie theater, which I'd is go, fine. I'd go to Legoland. In that industry, like there are so many people that that are straight edge because they struggled so hard. Yeah. They, they got like into that industry young before they had self-control and they became like druggies and alcoholics. Sure. So it's it, it's actually like shocking how many people are straight edge because of that. That's awesome. Uh it is awesome. Yeah. Um but the rest of us like sometimes we want to go and just chill out and have a beer and like sometimes it's just not possible because we've got kids with us and sure. like where we are. But I would say that the sacrifice of that is well worth it because of like who we're working with. Definitely. I think I think for me like 
sleep for me is such a big thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, just because I want to be rested to be at, at my maximum. So uh, I really try to think like a day ahead in advance. Like we have, um, I'm not sure, Nate, what like your experience with being on the road is, but we have a pretty good tour manager that gives a day sheet like a day in advance uh, and lets us know what's going on so that I can kind of see what is up with my day and like how to plan things and like, Dude, it's been so long since we've hung out. Uh, I don't know if I was like this back then, but like, I have no problem with like saying like, no, I don't want to hang out with you <laughs> because I know I need to do this other thing and sure. get ready to like either go to bed or I need to work on this music thing so that it, so it just takes a little bit of self responsibility. Um, but obviously, it's easier because I work with a bunch of people that believe in me and respect me so they don't give me a hard time about any of those decisions. I think that pretty much answers that. Any, anything yeah. you guys want to add to that? Um, I have one random question. Yes, please. How often did you play Pokemon Go on the tour before? It, <laughs> Pokemon Go? Uh, I was really into it when it first came okay. out. Um, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like when you're on tour, like like Lee was mentioning maybe he didn't mention this actually you said there was no downtime like it's it's really weird because like uh you're either driving in the bus or you're at the venue with nothing to do yeah but like all the things you have to do are so evenly spread out you don't have enough time to do anything else mm, sure so like lee was really busy on the tour he had a lot of media stuff to do but for me like uh, we wake up in the morning and drive at 8 o'clock and get to the venue at 2. So that's driving all day. That just, like, even if you're not the driver, like, it just drains you to travel. Yeah. Like that. And you just drove for six hours. Yeah. 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 So you're just kind of sleepy, just in general. You get to the venue, you, you load in the heavy gear, sometimes quickly. Thankfully, like, sometimes you have hands. But if you don't have hands, you have to lug all this gear on the stage. Like, pretty as quickly as you can uh then you set up you do your sound check it's so it's kind of like a rush to get your sound check yeah. then you're done at like four or five and then like you have two hours to grab dinner before doors open so that's only enough time to go to a restaurant and then after that like the bands start playing yeah you get ready for the show you play the show uh the show's over. It's it's midnight. You have to pack up your gear. Holy crap! Like I'm only mentioned three things, and the day is already gone. Yeah. Like you could see how like the day just gets away from you like so fast. So when you're on the bus with nothing else to do, or you're waiting in those intern times, like you're kind of just looking for anything to kind of pass the time. And then you have to drive for six hours again the next right. day. Or so I played a lot of Pokemon Go on the tour and like barely touched it at all once I got home. All right, yeah. last question. Hey, all right. Drum roll. Oh. I'm so sick of your drum rolls. <laughs> <laughs> drum solo. I'm editing all that out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Josh Doran. What's up, Josh? And he's the guy that I just recorded drums for a whole record that we're doing yeah. together. He would appreciate amazing. our drum solo. He, he's a and he guy. was at Brutal Beer Fest with me. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. It was brutal. a really That's great awesome. time. Baroness was, was there? Yeah. yeah. Dude, every single band that was there was really good. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and Ben put himself out there, just like we talked about I earlier. I did. Uh, so his question is, riddle me this. What techniques do you use to control the sound in a room when you record? Well, tonight we're not using anything. 
Yeah. With our podcast. Uh, I would say that I know what to do. I'm not doing a ton of it. So the number one thing you can do is mic placement. So you pro- you probably know this. I'm, I'm going to go through the simple basics, even if you already know this, just for the sake of our listeners. Um, so when it comes to mic placement, let's just say you're recording a vocal take. Let's let's just say that you, your next door neighbor is cutting the gra- you're cutting the grass or or something like that or there's something in your room. Okay, this is a better example. Yeah. Uh, in your room, like your refrigerator makes a lot of noise or something like that. Like, point the back of your microphone towards the refrigerator. So you want to be like singing into the microphone away from the refrigerator because it's gonna. It's going to reflect the most of that outside noise because it's focusing on your noise that you're picking up. Like, especially when it comes to condenser microphone, anything, anything like that's behind you is going to get picked up a lot more. So, uh, just microphone placement is the first thing to do. Uh, the second thing is acoustic treatment in your rooms, and um, I follow a really great guy that I know through. Um, Nail the Mix and the Unstoppable Recording Machine. It, it's a great online community full of audio engineers. I encourage all of you guys to go and join up, be a part of this thing. It, it is blowing up and it's, it is the best audio educational resource that you have on the planet. It's amazing. Um, I've learned so much through it. So I will post a link to that. Uh, and I'll also post a link to the dude's name that does the acoustic treatment stuff is Jesco. I forget his last name. Does he but, listen to Swedish metal? I hope so. Uh, probably. Swedish. But he's amazing because I'm not sure if he went to school for this, but he's like a master at like the acoustics aspect of like sound and sound engineering. So I'll I'll post a link to his his blog and his website. And I'll also post a link to he just he just sent me personally a link to how to build like really good acoustic panels. So I'll post that on there too because it's it's free. It's not just mine. It's for anybody. I use in my studio room. I have some acoustic panels for listening, and that helps absorb especially bass frequencies, but any reflections that can happen off the wall. Some very simple things you can do without having those actually are, man, bookshelves are a great thing. Uh, because like just the books in and of themselves on a shelf, like because you have different size books and uh, they're maybe in the shelf at different angles, they reflect, they actually like really help to absorb a lot. So um, I've actually seen studios where their acoustic treatment is literally old records that are stacked up on bookshelves in the room. And I mean, that's a really quite, it's a really cool way of looking at it. Like, so you can build the acoustic panels, you could buy the acoustic panels, or you can just have like a really good, like, or you could just have a bookshelf in the room. Like Lee, when he helped me move all this stuff out of my drum room, um, so long ago, but when I moved the stuff out of the, it was weird because like I needed room in my drum room. So I, when I moved all the stuff out, like I was glad I had the room, Right. but the room was so echoey and live because there was nothing on the sure. walls to like to dampen that sound. The sound was going everywhere. It, yeah. It was yeah. going everywhere. So those two things are great to, to use. Um, 
the only other thing I would say is if you can't do either of those things, invest in dynamic microphones and use them to your benefit because so I'm talking to a condenser microphone right now and I love the way it sounds, but the downside is they're very sensitive. So if there's any other external noise, like I'm like I'm clicking my fingers right now and you probably can hear that in a microphone and it's because condenser and it's very sensitive and can pick up everything. But if you invest in like dynamic microphones, like an SM7B, like the microphone that Michael Jackson used, they tend to have a much more direct sound. Like you need to be right up on them for them to have to pick up anything. So I would use those things to your benefit. So the things I mentioned before, so microphone placement is the number one. Uh, probably number two is invest in dynamic microphones over condenser microphones because of the proximity effect. Uh, number three, like just use stuff in your room already to deflect sure. sound, like uh, bookshelves, furniture, anything like that. Uh, and then number four is invest in acoustic treatment if you can. And we'll post those links for you guys. I think so. just to, just to kind of add to that, um, A, you know, everything that you said, you know, a, everything you said, but I think, um, you know, again, to defer to experts, if you don't know, um, join a community that Ben's part of, join, you know, f follow people that that are very, very good. And, and you're like, you know, like you said with Flea earlier, um, you know, follow people and join a community that are really good so you can learn from those people and attach yourself to those people um, so they can teach you how to be as good as they are. Um, and I think kind of along those lines and what I do, um, you know, in interviewing people and interviewing athletes and things like that, um, we just use a tape recorder. Um, it's nothing in terms of microphones or sounds, or but we use tape. Uh, but it's very important because we need it to write our stories. Um, and there are times, there there was a time, one time where I interviewed a guy, and uh, we were going on and on, and and um, you know there was a an air conditioner or something that would kick on every once in a while, and sometimes the sound would be, you know. So I mean, I need that, and it, it might be my only shot to interview this guy yeah. for this story, whatever it is, a sports story or anything else. Um, I need to be cognizant of that air conditioner that's kicking on. Um, I or I cover a school board meeting. Um, you know, I, I I cover a school board meeting, and. Um, it's cold and flu season, and people are and they're talking about raising taxes, and some guy's coughing in the background. I mean, that's you know, you, I think just to be cognizant of what's going on around you, and people are talking, and people are coughing, and things like that. Um, when I'm interviewing, I'm out at a football game, or I'm out, um, you know, things like that, and the and I'm interviewing a professional athlete, and the wind's blowing, um, you know, just that sort of thing, just to be cognizant of your surroundings. Yeah, that's about um, all I can add to that, though. Yeah. To I'm glad you could add anything. I was like, what is Dan going to say? <laughs> no, like, he's going to yeah. blow my mind here. That's, with his that's just note. what I got, just from the sports and the, and the journalist perspective in terms of just being aware of, you know, the, the, like you said, the refrigerator running or the, um, you know, the wind going or somebody coughing. I mean, it really, or, it really is, though. Like, you can think, it's, it's the difference between, you can think of things at, like, a super, like, I, I've seen this on online communities as far as, like, People people hear that their computer is making noise from the from yeah. the the fan that's inside. And you might even. not know that when you're sitting and recording, but then you go back and listen to you and you're like, "What is that?" Right. Yeah. So, I've seen people go nuts as far as like they'll build like a a thing that isolates their computer, like with yeah. soundproofing gear, and like <laughs> that's one way of looking at it. But then, so that's like kind of like the hard way of looking at things. But then somebody else will just be like. 
oh, well, I know my computer makes noise, so I'll just point my microphone the opposite direction of it. And it's kind of like... Seems a little easier. Oh, well, that's like a very simple way of handling the same problem. Yeah. Well, there, so Yeah, and there's different tricks like that. And then it depends. What's the other way? Is it silent? But like bringing this into the video world... Because it does involve sound. Well, as yours well. is the same thing. It's, um, it's sometimes even worse for you in video. For me, I don't. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, because what you're doing, like wind, is probably the worst. It's even ever. worse. Absolutely. Wind is, there's ways to cancel it out in editing, but once you have footage, same with. And sometimes you can't shoot. Like you can't shoot that again. I can mess out. You know. Yeah, you yeah. can't get and, that uh, shot again. And when you're we're right. on the road, like here's some instances. Uh, I was interviewing Lacey on the bus, and the bus is just so loud. When yeah, it's so, so freaking I didn't loud. use any of that footage. But for the other scenes, I've learned to put, maybe put music underneath. Not just that. There's some editing software. Like an L cut or something. Yeah. Th- what, what is said? Like the best sound you're going to get is if you record it best. Not the, not the equipment you're using, but you get the cleanest recording you can. Then you edit it. Yes. But that's not always the case. So there is software. There is things. There's devices you can put on your camera, on your mics and that. If you're not using the knowledge as well, don't just rely on the equipment. Rely on the knowledge you learn. Yeah. Because it's going to save you a lot of trouble. And some of that stuff you can't salvage and you can't get back ever again. And, and maybe that's a good shot. Like, oh, man, I really want to use it. And you can't use it now. No, nah, because the sound, yeah. unless if you're going to just use the video. And then it's like, I think the biggest heartache is whatever you do. Yeah. Same for probably en- uh, sound engineering. But video recording, you're like, oh, I, I'm so proud of what I got. And then you listen to it, you're like, what's it? Well, just hey, think. you know what? Let it. me let me add a caveat in here too, because we're kind of getting down the road of like how how to do this like very pristinely. But I also want to say when I've worked on a lot of different mixes for uh, different artists, where like when I start doing all my tricks and compression and stuff to that, you can hear the music that's coming through their headphones into the microphone and the click track that they're listening to. Wow, when yeah. You, when you solo it, but like in the context of everything else, it's not there. So yeah, uh, I would say, Josh, like go and try to get the best recording you can, but like if it's not, just know that like, I heard this about Scott Stapp that like he does the same thing when he tracked all the vocals like he has to it's almost like he's live he has a, he has a condenser or a dynamic microphone in the studio with sp- speakers blaring in yeah. his face so he feels like he's in the concert vibe. So, yeah yeah and you're like isn't that going to bleed into the mic well yes it does but the engineer allows it to a certain point so that he can so that's the balance he knows it's coming right so yeah. that's the balance of like Allowing the artist to feel comfortable while at the same time getting a recording that's clean enough. But to that's use. a talent of the engineer too. Yes. At the same time, yeah. So, I I know why he's asking this question because he just <laughs> he just moved into a new house and he needs like acoustic treatment to figure to to finish his record. But I would say, dude, like do the best that you can, but don't sweat like a little bit of bleed. Like, it's in most stuff I've worked on, actually. And you can't hear it in the final product. How about that? Yeah. There it is. Yeah. What's some more unconventional questions? <laughs> because yes. we learned about hot dog buns. Sure. And beards. And beards. beards. I would like to learn more about <laughs> other things that I don't know about. Yeah, I kind of agree, too. And I would like the rest of our listeners to know that if you want to ask us any questions please go to our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash dreamloudpodcast and post any questions that you would like to hear us answer. And that can be anything from music-related things, uh, journalism, media, childcare, or just random things like 
hot dog buns or whatever else you guys might want to ask. We love answering them, and I think it makes great conversation. Well, that brings us to the end of your questions. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to those who submitted questions as they were a ton of fun to answer and research, as you probably heard from this episode. We hope to catch you guys next time. We'll be releasing episodes every Monday. So if you haven't yet, hit the subscribe button, whether you're listening on iTunes, Google Music, or SoundCloud. We hope this episode has been encouraging. Until next time, remember, live your dreams out loud. Oh,